Is It Transphobic? will be addressing issues of transphobia and transmisogyny. We may also address issues of racism, classism, ableism, and various other intersectional issues in this podcast. So this is a trigger warning. The panelists on Is It Transphobic? will also use strong language. So listener discretion is advised. Hey everyone, so I am a butt. I say that because uh, I promised you last week, I promised JPEG format last week, that we would watch the Adam Sandler, air quotes classic, Jack and Jill. And we didn't do that. So we didn't do that for a couple of reasons. Uh, The first one being that this particular episode, we are focusing on Zoolander 2, and I wanted to switch things up. Because we got a, a kind of last-minute opportunity to bring in Rain Dove, who is a fantastic fashion model. Uh, and, and while I could have forced us all to watch Jack and Jill, I really felt like Zoolander 2, you know, again, because of Rain's advocacy and because of Rain's work, it, it made more sense to do something fashion-oriented. We didn't do it with Kelsey, because the last thing that I gave him was Curse of the Queer Wolf. And that was a fucked up piece. So I wanted to give him something that was at least considered a a classic. So the next episode you'll hear after this one is going to be us talking about Neil Gaiman's Sandman, A Game of You. But here, and my apologies to you, dear listeners, I set you up with Dunkachino and instead came at you with all. All is all. So, do enjoy this episode. Please, I would appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, if you if you are really mad that we did not do Jack and Jill, I accept that. But know that we will be doing that very shortly in the future. Also, super quick apology about the audio quality. Uh, it's from my hard camera. It's still perfectly fine. You'll be able to hear everything. I'm not sure what's going on with my microphones or with my computer. Uh, but yeah, so just real quick apology. It's a great episode. You're going to love it, and you're going to be able to hear everything perfectly fine. Now, before we get started, I want to let you know that I'm in a show. It's called The Vengeance Room, and it's written by my friend Michael Hagens. Uh, we're showing it at the Crane Theater as part of the Frigid Festival. The We opened yesterday, so we still have four shows left. If you're interested in going, we've got one on this Sunday, Sunday, February 18th, from 12.10 to 1.10. It's part of a festival, so the timing is a little strange. Uh, We've also got another show Thursday, February 22nd from 10.30pm to 11.30pm. Another one Saturday the 24th from 8.20pm to 9.20pm. And finally Sunday, March 4th from 1.50 to 2.50pm. I'll leave a link in the description and yeah, I hope to see you there. And a major shout-out to those who pledged $5 or more on our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash isittransphobic. So, a big thank you this month to Alex T., Morgie Corgi, Sam Eaton, and the NerdFit Network. Thank you so much for your support. We really appreciate it. Hi, everyone joining us on The Proper Podcast. My name is Ashley Lauren Rogers. I'm the producer and editor of the Is It Transphobic podcast. I use she, her pronouns, and today I'm being joined by... 
Rain Dove, hi, my name is Rain Dove, Rain Lake from the Sky Dove Like the Bird. Um, for me, a pronoun is just a sound, and all I'm listening for in that sound is positivity, so use what you want to. And I'm AJ Mattioli, and I go by he, him pronouns. Awesome. So, Zoolander 2. Uh, I, I first actually have to apologize to anybody who is listening to the podcast consistently, because I said we were going to do Jack and Jill today. And Ooh, so that was another one. I yeah. got some some fun. <laughs> oh, I don't even know that one. I still yeah. haven't seen it, but uh, but what? I, yeah, I'm, I'm getting there. Uh, it has I, its own brilliance. <laughs> if I did Hammer says enough for me. I was honestly, I was back and forth, but especially since I know that you're back here for Fashion Week. No, it was perfect. This yeah. is perfect. Yeah, time. it was like I really, I said, you know what? Ooh, hold on a sec. While we're talking, so so okay. I'm going to speak really quickly about what I'm about to do. I'm going to go fix the hard cam that we have because the hard cam is busted. I got it. It's really it is just like focused on Rain's breasts, just right here. Uh, the, the bristle just area of Rain. And the the problem is it's broken. So the the broken part of it zooms in just by standard. And so I have to put a piece of tape on top of it. If it goes too long, I'm gonna have to start charging you. I am I mean, going to money that right now because this is doesn't that's make enough money shot. on Patreon to afford that. Yeah, just keep money. going. Let's I don't know. Like, I wish you could see what we're seeing. <laughs> I'll uh yeah. I'm not offended, I'm a little impressed. Suspicious, I'm suspicious. Yeah. This, is, uh, this was the know. whole reason we brought Rain in, was just so that we could zoom right in on Bristol area. That's it. So, uh, back to the actual podcast at hand. Do keep an eye on that in case that happens yeah. again, but yeah. Um, so actually I think that's a great transition to say, if you support us on Patreon, <laughs> Uh, I will make one of the stretch goals buying a proper camera. So that uh, I thought can... you meant having the same thing, but just remove a layer. You know what? Donate now. You know the what? jacket comes off. If Rain's okay with it, I'm not saying no. It's not, a, it's not illegal in New York yeah. City. No. So no. just as long as it doesn't leave New York City, we're right. good. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, so back to <laughs> the podcast at hand. We're talking about Zoolander 2. Yes. Have, so I, I heard that both of you have seen this in the past, correct? Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I had not. And just immediately, I have to throw out there, I know that I usually wait for the end about, like, oh, what are our opinions? Like, was it good, was it bad? I couldn't, I could barely get through it. Yeah. Like, what? I had a hard time getting through it. Not because I was, like, angry or offended, it was just... I was Not I was offended because it was a terrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that the great thing about the first one was that um, it didn't try so hard. Yeah. Like it didn't know it was gonna be so funny. I think it just in general was legitimately just stupid and, and goofy and also it was a product of its time. So that type of comedy worked at the time, but um, it would have worked better if they used the same kind of like humor tactics, the same kind of camera, but everything was so high tech. Everything was so smooth rolling, and they tried to be so relevant to today that it really took that magic out of it, I think. Yeah, I, I completely agree, actually. Like, I think that part of it was they, they almost tried to make a different movie. Yeah, yeah they, it was too relevant. They should have yeah. just stayed in the fucking 90s. Or the yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Actually, if they would have just stayed in the 90s and just continued right after that. 
kind of like uh, Austin Powers. Um, the series, That's exactly where it, it, just, go. it yep. knew where it was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. It never tried to like jump up to us, you know, and, and suddenly be relevant with Instagram and things like that, and, mm -hmm. and pull in our new hottest stars. It just it knew where it was supposed to be, and that and that's why that film ended up having multiple, you know, multiple like you know, sequences. But I think you're I think you have a, a good point. Do, I don't know if if Austin Powers would be able to succeed today. I don't know if. The reason that Zoolander two, I, I mean, I, I either way, I, mean, I don't it could think it if it knew it was Austin Powers and it stayed as Austin Powers, but if it yeah. tried to suddenly have like Selena Gomez, and, yeah, and yeah. you know, and they're and they're and you know, have Austin Powers Facebook living while they're driving, mm -hmm. I think we would feel like uh, that nostalgia is gone, yeah, right, yeah. the nostalgia yeah. that made it acceptably stupid funny, yeah. Well, and I think also they they made a fundamental shift in how they made the film. By the way that it looked yeah. like it, it felt more like they were trying to make an action movie as opposed to trying to figure out why Zoolander yeah. worked. Like yeah. it felt like an action movie, and it yeah. did not stand up as an action movie. No, yeah, exactly. Like it took itself way too seriously, and I think that's what the problem. And when you was. have when you have a yeah. movie like that, that that did so well, why change it up? Why not go with the same director? Why not go with the same? I don't. Mm. I'm not sure if they did. Well, the director thing go, is always kind of yeah. You yeah. want it to be the same one, but I mean, yeah. Spencer yeah. Or directed this himself. Yeah. Like I don't oh, know if he really? did the first one, but oh. he directed it himself. This one. Oh, yeah. well, that's. I mean, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm not. I want to keep my fans, <laughs> so I'm not going to talk about uh, actors who are also directors. But mm. the director does always <laughs> like have control over all of the aesthetics and the direction yeah. you want to go in. Mm. I mean, you also have the production house, which you know, yeah, you, you have everybody who comes together and they create a story, and they knew when they created that story that they were going to make it more modern. Then, I mean. They, yeah. And also the the subject matter that they wanted to focus on the aging um, out of these models, I thought was like a little bit overdone. Um, I see that oh, a yeah. lot. This is a co really common thing where they where they're like you're too old to do this. You're you're out of you're out of date. And it it, it wasn't necessarily a unique struggle. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, rather than just sending you know Zoolander on another wacky adventure, they were like. Let's just jump forward and JK rattling this and make it so that we can never like really yeah. <laughs> show them again. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and Rain, you're also in a very uh, significant position because you are a actual model. Yeah, that's professionally. Right. Yeah, I do this so, for a living. Yeah. So, like, what, was there I anything in the movie? Yeah, I did. Was there I'm trying to rattle my Was there anything in the movie that sort of struck you as either like, oh, I get this because I'm a model. This is a very like in joke type of thing. Was it just, were there... Well, I mean, you know, I think yeah. one of my favorite moments in the movie that I thought mm. was very true to the original Zoolander mm. was when they're stuck on the, they, they end up getting pushed out on the runway, and we'll get to all, you know, the character mm -hmm. all, but they're out there on the runway, and they said something that, that was it, like probably the only time I laughed in the whole movie, which is, <laughs> you know, um, we have, we have uh, Owen Wilson looks at um, what Zoolander's wearing, and it's like old, and then Zoolander looks at him, and the word lame is on, uh, you, know, the, you know, Owen Wilson's character's chest and he goes, La May. <laughs> I think that was I really yeah. funny. No, that, that I was like, alright, yeah. yeah, okay. La May. Yeah. Of course he's gonna mm -hmm. say that. You know, I thought that was very a theme. But those are yeah. um yeah. the thing is is like those their struggles that they were having were not relevant to male models because male models in the industry don't tend to age out. Mm -hmm. I mean they kind of do, but mm -hmm. they don't. As long as you have washboard abs and or really good connections, you're always gonna be able to model even when you're like seventy five years old. Yeah. Because products, you know, along the lines of for men are just like 
they're available for all, all ends. And we've also heavily promoted that there is a certain amount of sexy uh, sexiness and sex appeal to being a little gray-haired or silver-haired or being distinguished in that way. So for them to be to feel like um, being aged out was an, is an issue, it was really only a, a female model issue. So I really didn't feel like that was, mm. I didn't really think that was a really accurate you know, yeah. problem for them to have. I, just, I also understand want them to deal with a real issue. Mm. I don't want, I mean, some comedies are great that they, that they, like Modern Family brings up a lot of like, you know, important issues. You know, um, and that's great, but a movie like Zoolander, you're not going to see how they're dealing with social issues. Mm. So, like, all of a sudden you're sitting there, you're expecting, you know, Zoolander 1, where, like, you know, you have to, you know, get the, the you know, this, like, madman, you know. Um, and now you're dealing with, like, a real issue, and, like, people in the audience, I don't feel, want to think about that when they're mm. watching Zoolander. I don't want to think about feeling bad. For models, mm. while I'm watching, I mean, unless they're dying in a gasoline fight, like in in the other one. <laughs> that was unexpected. That was funny. unexpected. I mean, you don't see it coming. They're singing yeah. about like yeah. you know the things. But like right. this one, you know, it just missed the mark on a lot mm. of levels, and then like tried to make some like, you know, poetic justice for these older models, and I was like, you know, I don't want them to model. I don't want them to exist. I don't want these two people to be anywhere. Like, well, I think they misjudged their audience. I think that their mm -hmm. audience. They, I think that they assumed that their audience was the same age as them, you know, and that their audience has aged over time. So therefore, their focus should age over time, so they can be relatable to their audience. But mm -hmm. they went too far ahead on that age yeah. spectrum, and um, mm -hmm. it, it wasn't relatable to their primary audience. Um, that's up and coming and would have kept a film like this going, yeah. which is the younger audience, because the younger audience is like, what? You don't get old. I'm gonna live forever. Yeah, yeah. 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 And also, the fashion shows are like it's funny, but definitely way over the top. I mean, yeah. you know, it definitely mm -hmm. does put out a, um, it definitely does put out like an um, unrealistic expectation. Mm -hmm. But I think that's one of the great things about comedy. Comedy mm -hmm. can be over the top. A film and art is one of the few places where we can really stretch the truth and explore and imagine things that aren't real. And um, I, I, part of me is like a little like miffed. But another part of me is like, I think this is, um, it's art, so it's subjective, and I, I think um, in comedy you're allowed to do a little over the top. Mm. Yeah, I think with, with comedy, you're, it, it allows you to sort of look at something and then blow it up further than you would in real life. Like, uh, what, yeah. what was the thing, they were, they were, it was in like an industrial waste space, or like a, a medical waste dumping ground was yeah, there. Yeah, like, yeah. like yeah. no, no, no fashion show was going to happen there, but at the same time, I know people, you know, like... It was a stretch on the truth yeah. of the Brooklyn Warehouse yeah. fashion shows, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, they, they like to take mm -hmm. things over the top, and I'm like, I look at, like, the some of the runway shows that they showed, and I'm like, dang, if they had the budget for that for all the shows, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why I'm eating ramen, you know? Mm. But. <laughs> so, let's talk about all. I yes. kind of want to do this in a, in a very specific way if we can. Let's look yes. at all. Yeah. All, by the way, is the character portrayed by Benedict Cumberbatch who is essentially ungendered, they're just all. And I want to look at this removing actor first, just looking at it from pure concept. Like, this okay. was the script, this was what was put down, they said, this is something, this is a character. What do we think of the character? Like, and can we separate sense. the actor? Because um, if the answer is no, that's fine too, but... Is he from yeah. me? Even though they were doing the, I mean, the jokes around the non-gender were like so amateuric and so mm. like thirteen-year-old 
comedies like what was it like? Do you have like a hot dog or a bun? A hot dog yeah. or a mm-hmm. bun? Like it's yeah. so stupid. But Pini or a Virginia? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, and like I'm like, it, it's so it, the jokes around it are so lame. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Ashley, sorry, you're. Oh gosh, darn it! Okay. It's really um, going for this. It's really yeah, going in there. Continue. Um, I just feel that I ain't get. I got more of an alien vibe hmm. from all than I got a trans, like a, a trans character or not by a little trans and not Um, you know, I definitely got more of a like they were trying hmm. to push the whole like otherworldly thing more than they were because even with the makeup, you know, he was very whited out. He hmm. looked very, um, but then, then they made those jokes of like you have a hot dog or a bun. And then I was like, okay, I see what they're doing here. They're doing it poorly. Um, but I don't think the character overall is good enough to be problematic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's almost so it almost saves itself. So in, in just to, to reiterate, it almost saves like this character almost saves themselves because it's just not even good enough to yeah. warrant. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, in a very weird and, and odd way, I, I do feel like as a, as a trans person mm. watching it, I was just mm. like, it's a throwaway character with throwaway mm. lines. Mm. I felt like, they were like, hey, the movie's only 82 minutes and we need another seven. Let's mm. throw this random scene in. Mm. Um, it, it, it felt very manipulated. Mm. Um, it wasn't necessary to the plot, although the movie wasn't necessary to the plot. Well, I would, <laughs> I would argue that all was actually extremely necessary to the plot because yeah. they were trying to show how things have progressed over time. Mm. One of the interesting things about Derek is that Derek represents being somebody who's stuck in the past. Yeah. They're stuck in the past, that's why they, they haven't been able to upgrade and they haven't been able to be like the next new hot thing and they're mm. stuck in, in the, the legacy that they were. And they haven't been able to figure out how to pass on the torch and move forward and become something else and evolve. Whereas Hansel has always been like somebody who gets it. But mm. it shows that like Hansel's still, um, the reason why they're still behind is that like they haven't gotten it. And so I actually mm. thought that all was really interesting because no one said that all is a transgender character. Mm. All is technically a non-binary character. Mm. They say that all is all. They're neither going nowhere or coming from anywhere. Mm. They're literally just everything and nothing at the same mm. time. Sometimes people say well, that falls into the trans spectrum, and so I, I understand that. Yeah, that's when mm. when um when all address these people, these people, mm. our heroes, are even our heroes, um you know the two characters, are um this is supposed to be a time where we as the audience are supposed to see them as kind of behind and and crude and and backwards because when they address all. Mm. All handles it really well. Yeah, really and well. Mm-hmm. And they come up to they come up to all, and they're like, "What do you have? A hot dog or a bun?" And they're like, "All is all." All ma- maintains composure. Yeah. All like mm. holds themselves together. And you know what? One of the things that people don't give credit for. All mm. is in a position of power. This character, who is supposed to be a non-binary or trans character, um, is the most famous supermodel in the world. Mm. Yeah. They are supposed to be the most powerful, the most sought after, and the most you know, um, the most respected model in the world, which means that, like, the world in, in that time period has moved on and recognized them, but our heroes have not. And so when the, when the heroes get, like, doused but with prune juice and, and beat the shit out of by, um, by all, it's like they have it coming. 
Mm. Because they, what, what, the, mm. what the director and what the writers have done is they've set this up. These two being jerks. Mm. And then they get hit for it. Yeah. And if you're queer and in the audience, you're like, yeah, fuck them. And if you're not, then, you know, maybe you're confused by the situation. I mean, they even do get one good line in there where they're like, yeah. oh, it's a bun, it's, oh, it's, a, it's a hot dog, it's definitely a hot dog. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but you're absolutely right. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's kind of what I took away from it, too, was that idea of, like, you know, and this is sort of why I wanted to pose the question like this first, is yeah. I actually, the, the setups around it are bullshit in a lot of ways. But at the same time, all themselves, like, all yeah, is yeah. actually, like, pretty well-constructed as a character. It's just everything around, which unfortunately informs the rest of the character. That's where the bullshit is. And a cis mm. hetero white guy, mm. or I mean, they didn't really talk about their sexuality, but yeah. you know, a cis um, cis white guy mm. um, who's supposed to be really cool and really popular mm. um, comes to all's defense the minute these people attack. Like, wouldn't like, what is wrong with you? Do you have a mm. problem with someone like all in the workplace? Like, wouldn't you want to marry all if you had the chance? That was a like it. They kind of yeah. came to their defense, but then mm -hmm. I mean, I know they didn't yeah. go as full out as they could. Like, yeah. Fuck you guys, mm. but. Um, I thought it was really interesting because mm. you don't see that very often in film mm. where somebody who is supposed to be, mm. you know, usually it's another queer person who comes to the defense or like yeah. a best friend oh, yeah. or something like that or someone really machismo, but this mm. is like a normal person just mm. being like, what's wrong with you guys? Mm. A scissorist, if you will. Yeah, Hashtag, look up hashtag scissorist. It's by Shakina Nafak. Uh, she created it in a, in a way to to do just that one. Mm -hmm. um, to take some of the emotional take some burden of the off of transphobe for defending. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, there was a lot of scissors assist in the, in the film. <laughs> well, and, and also, some of it, because some of the way that it's framed, because it's still, like, and I, it felt very much like it was written by Ben Stiller. Uh, like, it felt very much like some of it was written, you know, like some of it was written from a cis-het male perspective yeah. of what a trans, non-binary, or in this case, somewhat alien person uh, would be. And that's kind of where I had the problem. It wasn't necessarily in the way, like even yeah. I think Benedict Cumberbatch did a decent job portraying the character. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was just sort of like the questions that were being asked, the things that were happening, like even that exchange, that idea of like, wouldn't you want to marry all? Wouldn't you want your child to marry all? It just felt too attacky, I guess. Like, and, and that's fine. Because that can still exist, but at the same time, it's just like, ah, I don't know. It felt like it was a joke for, it was a joke on all as much as it was a, or a joke on all. It was very it, neutral. But, I mean, yeah. it was a very neutral. I actually, the mm. problem I had with the character mm. was not the character itself, but the mm. hiring and the casting process. Yeah. I think that um, it's totally fine, in my opinion, and I know okay. everyone has their own opinion. Yeah. But I think it's fine to have people who are not queer, play queer characters, as mm. long as you're hiring queer people mm. to play other characters on the set that have equal or, mm -hmm. or um, comparative, you know, exposure or power. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, um, you know, you have a, if you have a person and um, say you cast somebody who's not trans and the Danish girl to play a trans character, it's called mm. acting, hello, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. don't, um, don't try to profit off from a trans story and mm. then not employ trans people with the profits and the mm. money that you're making. That means that, you know, having a trans man um, or trans woman on screen or even a non-binary person on screen um, play another character that's not trans maybe. It's okay, you know, that, yeah. that, right, you can find tons of people 
people who are societally passing, or tons of people who even are not societally passing, who could still do a fabulous job, put those people behind the camera, like hire trans or non-binary people behind camera to like work on things. Or at least, um, at least that's, but your, that's my opinion, and they didn't do that. Yeah, they didn't or, do that. Or that's set, set, your, set your production up with a charity. Mm -hmm. um, so if you know, uh, that's a great idea. Yeah, like yeah. so, like if you're, you know, I understand that there's a lot of um, mm -hmm. heterosexual people that and cisgender people that want to write stories for us, um, mm -hmm. which which I, I respect, and and a lot of my friends are cis, and they would write, like plenty of my friends are writers, and they would write amazing mm -hmm. stories based on trans people, um, and then hopefully goes to Ashley for sensitivity writing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, one of the jobs I do is I'm a sensitivity reader for trans non-binary issues. So I yeah, mean, if you're writing a yeah. script or a manuscript, yeah, hit me up. But yeah, yeah so you. like, you know, I make sure I, it's always a suggestion. Get that plug, get that plug. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it's, it's, it's great to have that. But um, if, you, if you are casting, um, you know, if I had a chance to, to cast, you know, uh, Benedict Coverman, um, I definitely would. Like, I mean, like, he's going to sell a shit ton more tickets mm -hmm. than uh, than any of my trans friends who are possibly mm -hmm. probably be better actors than him, although he's mm -hmm. amazing. Um, you know, but if you can't do that, if you can't, if you, if you can't find a crew that, mm -hmm. you know, you're not finding, you can't even find many women grips, uh, let alone trans grips or gay drip, uh, grips. Um, you know, find tons of trans people to even be PAs though. No, or no, writers yeah. on the or yeah. writers on the project. Yeah, or, mm -hmm. you, you know, trans person pretty easily. But do, like, if like you can't do that, the least you could do is get a, a, a percentage of your profits. I, I do have to say though, unless you're making like an indie film and you're stuck in some podunk town with no reach, oh, there yeah, is right. absolutely no fucking excuse yeah. not to have a yeah. single trans or queer or non-binary person on your set, especially if you're making a trans film, because if you're making mm -hmm. any kind of film that has a trans or queer narrative in there, I mean, you got the money somewhere. Mm -hmm. You have connections somewhere. Yeah. Someone cares. Yeah. And, um, you know... It, especially with Facebook now, like, there's there's so many... Yeah. Like, if you need trans actors, there's um, the, the Facebook group, uh, I think it's just the Trans Actors Guild. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's queer, New York City queer employment. I mean, that I've found amazing, mm -hmm. amazing PAs on. Um, you know, there are a lot of opportunities. I get that a lot where people are like, Oh well, nobody, you know, nobody submitted, and I was like, okay, well, then but then try hard enough to find. Then you didn't yeah. try hard enough, mm -hmm. then you, and it's important for you. Mm -hmm. And I agree with you. Like I don't necessarily um, mm. always cast a, a trans person to play a trans character or a gay person. In my movie, The Coffee Shop, I had a great time casting Joshua Cruz, at, who's who's a homosexual, mm. as the straight, sexy Puerto Rican guy that was nailing all the women. And then I hired my friend Keith Collins, who's an amazing actor, who's a straight model, mm. and he played the gay waiter. And I had like a really, I mean, because it was a comedy, mm. and we weren't bringing up real issues. I had a great time directing that. Mm. But again, employing. Well, and I think that the, the, the second part of what you, like exactly what you included in that reign is like, I have no problem with people casting straight, uh, straight cis-het folks in queer and trans roles, but exactly that, it's the second part. You have to hire them in some other capacity. Yeah. And in my opinion, it's also an equal capacity. Because right. like, even when we were talking about Danish girl. queer, then queer yeah. people can play hetero. Yep. It's yeah. acting. Mm -hmm. If you don't have the chops, get off the block. You now, know? I yeah, pretty much. I have a but, little bit mm -hmm. of a, mm -hmm. with the trends. I feel like yeah. gay, like, gay so, and straight, <coughs> I feel like I can mm -hmm. inter-switch a little bit. Yeah. Um, <coughs> 
So I, yeah, just to, just to kind of finish where <laughs> I was going with that, like the other thing is right now I feel like there aren't enough opportunities for trans actors to play anyone, even ourselves, and so right. we're building that and that's moving. We're not necessarily there yet, but even then, uh, I I've before all of the other stuff came out about Jeffrey Tambor, I was defending him up and down because yeah. he was the only cis man on transparent and they would yeah. hire a lot of trans folk. And again, uh, all of his conduct notwithstanding that portion of it, that's still great. That gave right. a lot of op opportunities for trans folk. Now, yeah. Yeah. I've, now my, my mm -hmm. thing with a lot of people giving mm -hmm. him slack for playing a mm -hmm. trans woman I, I don't understand how people don't, my opinion is, I don't understand how people don't see the fact that he plays, like, I want to say at least 50% of the show mm. as his past. Mm. So, like, well, we see him as a man a lot, whereas mm. I would feel horrible casting a trans woman and being like, hey, 50% of the time you have to be, like, the guy. Mm. Like, oh, God. I'm not the case, and especially when you get into the higher tiers of Hollywood and the higher tiers of... Uh, hiring folks, especially like actors, it can be tough to find out how to legally ask them to portray certain things. Yeah. Like not but at the same playing. time, like I wouldn't mind. But acting is acting. Yeah, like, <laughs> you're not I, you. Yeah. You're you're mm -hmm. playing. You're you're playing mm -hmm. another individual, mm -hmm. but and you're not necessarily even in this time yeah. period. You could be going in the past. You could be doing all these things. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Like we have no problem asking. Um, hetero actors, but the problem is, I think right now that like we as a society, we're, we're trying to demand more equal rights, equal treatment, better treatment, mm. um, awareness, but um, and and more PC language. And along with mm. that PC language, we're like really just going after people and saying "fuck you," no apologies. And so mm. there, there, there is this idea that like um, you know it's a lot easier to ask somebody mm. who's hetero to do something versus like asking a queer person to stretch themselves. And um, I, we also have, unfortunately, because of media, ironically, a lot of ideas of like how queer people um, are are meant to act or feel. So like mm. we're like, oh, it's easier for a hetero person to you know bet or a cis person to kind of bend. Where mm. it's like, oh, gay people are stuck in that, like, flamboyant gay, or mm. trans people are stuck in their transition. Like, um, I think a lot of people, like you said, are, are very afraid of lawsuits. Mm. They're very afraid of the wrath of the community. And they're also afraid of, like, the complications of having to hire somebody on set mm. and be more careful than normal working with them. Like, on Transparent, they could probably have workshopped through a lot of the scripts. There were probably lines in there that we wouldn't probably like that have been rewritten before. Mm -hmm. Things that have been said, they probably could ask them to do certain things. Whereas like, I think there's, there's probably a lot of fear about like if you hire a trans or even a non-binary individual to play that character, um, that person is going to, especially in this time period, be um, potentially difficult to work with. Because if you show them a script that has a wrong line, you have any, who knows, things mm -hmm. could be tweeted, things could yeah. be said. Mm -hmm. So it's it's, I'm not saying that that's, that's guaranteed to happen, but mm. I'm just saying I believe that fear really exists there because, um, yeah. I mean, no, there's, no, nothing, I mean, there's like other, I'm, like, issues yeah. too, like, um, you know, uh, if, let's just say they did cast a trans woman who wasn't yet on hormones or who, mm. who then two years into the show, she's got some money and all of a sudden mm. hormones become a, more of a reality um, mm. and she decides to go on it. And then it that's changes gonna, the show. Oh, that's they have to write a show. So there's mm. things like that. Now, I'm, I mean, not say, I'm just yeah. saying, mm. I'm just looking at the broad spectrum of it. 
Um, but they have makeup and stuff, and they yeah. can they can transform anybody. I I do believe they can yeah. transform anybody, you know. I mean, yeah. Well, but you're right that that is. I mean, no, 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 Levon Cox, who luckily yeah. had a twin, which was like the. I mean, I mean, I would if for me, I know if I and I'm not an actor, so again, this is speaking as a non-actor. If someone were to ask me to put on a dress for a picture, even if it was like a side by side, um, you know, as as a girl and a boy, I would be triggered for fucking weeks mm-hmm. like weeks like so like even ask like I would feel ter- like even going up to a friend of mine if I you know um who was a trans woman there would have to be like a really mm-hmm. big conversation about like is this going to send you into mm-hmm. a I don't want my yeah. art to affect so like there mm-hmm. is those things so like the problem mm-hmm. of, there's like a problem of with the perception that the trans community or the queer community mm-hmm. in general is sensitive Mm. I think, and people want to be sensitive to that. So yeah. I think mm. it's, I think that, that there's that catch twenty two where it's like, and we have a right to be sensitive. Yeah. So it's it's, <laughs> it's like you know you're right. It isn't going to be as easy to work with us, but but you also should. like yeah, I think I think also kind of like you were saying, there's a catch twenty two, and it uh, a it depends on the actor, and b mm-hmm. it depends like very much like uh, our friend Paola, <clears throat> who's a friend of the show. Hey Paola. Uh, <laughs> uh, like Paola said, it depends on the actor. It depends on what they're willing to do, yeah. but also. It gets used as a tool to stop casting directors, stop people from casting transphobe because they're like, uh, mm. But do you think but at yeah, this like point it's actually stopped? Like, do you think any of these situations that we're speaking of, like, I yeah. highly doubt Jeffrey Tambor was there and they were like, oh, we also have this amazing trans actress. Yeah. Let's go in. Like, I don't think that. Because also, if the script is shit, I'm not going to do it. (laughs) It's like, oh, nope, nope, I'm good. I'm just going to pass. Let's also talk about, like, legitimate Mm -hmm. skill sets, you know? The thing is, it's like, um, people will say, well, there aren't as many, like, highly skilled queer and trans actors. And Mm -hmm. that's because of socioeconomic... Um, disparity yeah. and, and the fact that like well yeah it, I mean do, I don't know too many trans uh, or non-binary even just queer people in general that are able to out of their own pocket afford to go to art school go to mm-hmm. go to the go to, to the watering holes and the places that you go to to meet these people yeah. to get the mm-hmm. education and the acting you know degree in the in the in the mm-hmm. classes that you need to have not just not just the connections, but the the chops. You know, you can have natural skill, but there are certain classes that you get into, and they really like they take you to that next. You know, that Tilda Swinton level. They take you to that George Clooney level. They take you to that Brad Pitt level. And because of socioeconomic disparity, I do think that like there are a lot of diamonds out there we haven't mined, mm-hmm. and they're not being mined because those people have to choose between like feeding and sheltering themselves and being practical, mm-hmm. um, not having their family support, being ostracized and on their own, and, and their art, and they're, and they're having to sacrifice their art, and they're not, and when they aren't sacrificing their art, because I do know quite a few trans actors, like Lena Bloom mm-hmm. is an amazing actor, they oh, still so have to like pay for their hormones, pay for their treatments, mm-hmm. and they're on their own because they've been ostracized by their family for being trans, mm-hmm. um, and on top of that, they have to pay for their rent, pay for everything. And then they show up to casting. You think that that person, when they show up to castings, is going to be able to show up at the same level as somebody who's like, oh yeah, I just walked out of my acting class literally like a week ago. I mean, probably she could come with the same passion, but that technical ability, that like knowing what to do when you walk into the castings and stuff, that's all stuff you learn. Um, I mean, some people just pick it up naturally, like Leonardo DiCaprio, he didn't even have an acting class, but a lot of people, yeah. they, they don't get to have that knowledge that you need to get these jobs because they, yeah. they're too busy trying to survive. Mm-hmm. 
Well, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy as well, that idea of, like, there are no skilled trans and queer actors, so we're not going to cast them, so they never get better, so we never actually see them yeah. improve. <laughs> Which is why, like, when I talk to a lot of casting directors and casting agents, particularly on the indie level, uh, it's about, like, look, if you're looking specifically for trans folk, you got to hire trans, and yeah. you've got to make sure that you have, you go in with the understanding yeah, there's maybe a little bit of education that you're going to have to do. Yeah. And yeah. That, that is a zone that, There's like, no reason on the yeah. independent level we shouldn't be using LGBT people. When, when yeah. my, my movie's going to sell mm -hmm. the same whether I have, you know, a trans... a, a, a non-SAG trans actor, a non-SAG, mm -hmm. you know, a cis actor. <coughs> like, it's, it's going to sell the same, so the least you could do on an independent level is, mm -hmm. is be hiring, mm -hmm. you know. And then hopefully those movies will get around, circulate, um, mm -hmm. and, and be pushed forward and, and, and mm -hmm. get into things like Sundance and get into a mainstream audience. Yeah. Um, which is the, you know, which is the goal. But like in the independent realm, there is absolutely no reason you shouldn't be hiring LGBTQ, mm -hmm. you know, plus. So I want to bring it back to Benedict Cumberbatch in mm. this role of all, and then yeah, and then yeah, indeed, <laughs> and then uh, start to wrap it up a little bit just because we're getting to that time. But I want to talk about like, what do you think of his performance? Like, do you think that it actually added to all? Do you think that it detracted from all? Can you not look at it because he's a cis dude playing this character? Um. Oh, well, I I thought that their performance was was good. Um. I think that they have an understanding of what they're playing. I mean, they had that Doctor Who kind of feeling in a certain mm. way yeah, definitely. Um, to it. Mm. I thought that, I don't think there was a problem with their acting. I think that the costuming was a little drag. Yeah. It didn't feel yeah. necessarily androgynous mm. or down the middle. It looked very mm. much like societally masculine in drag. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they really, they really went for that. And I wouldn't even go, I wouldn't, it's not even that nice though. It wasn't that. It was like slapped <laughs> together. And, yeah. Um, but um, Benedict did a great, um, had a great moment mm -hmm. when um, they were like, wouldn't you want to marry all? Like, what it, you know, when you chose mm -hmm. that, kind of, that kind of line. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch was looking at Derek Zoolander and they did this thing with their eyes that I thought was really fascinating and a little bit over the top. Yeah. But it's comedy. Mm -hmm. um, where they were like being what we consider to be societally masculine mm -hmm. and feminine in their alluring thing. So they were like, you know, like they were like looking mm -hmm. at them and then they'd be like, they were doing, they did that back and forth. I don't know if you saw that scene, but they just kept on like mm. opening and closing their eyes, pursing their lips, clenching their jaw, and trying mm. to go back and forth between having what we consider to be a societally masculine face and a societally feminine face. I thought that was really interesting. interesting. I, yeah, I feel like, um... It's there. I feel like... Oh, camera! I feel like... I zoom in on my nipple in case you're wondering. Yeah, we're gonna have to pay, we're gonna have to pay rain. Okay. Yeah, at this point, I mean three times. So, $180,000. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm out of business. So, Welcome to the last episode of this Shut it down. It was nice um, yeah. I'll take your broken camera as conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, um, yeah, I think overall, I think, I think the directing was a little bit weird. Um, yeah. You know, but I think everyone reads mm. scripts differently. Um, you know, I think, I think he did well with the script given to him. I think he did well with the character. Um, again, for me, it didn't bother me because I didn't read him as a non-binary character, even though mm -hmm. the dialogue around him, yeah. you know, and I'm using him as the actor, um, not as a character. But <coughs> I feel like the, the language and the dialogue around him uh, was what made him non-binary or trans, uh, whereas um, it wasn't actually his character uh, mm -hmm. for me. Um, and I feel like 
Yeah, now you're, when I first watched it, I was kind of annoyed at his reactions to it. It was like, mm. Mm. But then, you're right, like, just kind of standing there and just, like, taking it with a grain of salt and just being like, mm, okay, you know, kind of thing. Mm. Uh, and he did say, he did respond to them in a way that was, like, really, like, informative, but kind of also, like, a, you don't know who you're fucking with. Yeah. I yeah. thought it was, like, mm. he had really good knowledge that his character was about to go and fuck these two people. He literally, he oh, was just, yeah. like, he was, like, he was, like, like all is all and he said it in a way that wasn't apologetic it was very it was very like yeah. and and the way he said it definitely led you to know that like they they felt like they were in a position of power and like mm. it didn't it didn't feel like they felt picked on or anything mm. like that they're yeah. like this again well you know <laughs> have your moment you know mm. Mm -hmm. so yeah oh uh. uh, yeah like okay you, so you, you <laughs> the clips don't don't like yeah. Sit down and just uh, before we get into the, the two questions we always ask, uh, Rain, do you feel like, especially as a, as a model, like, do you encounter people that feel kind of alien sometimes, or is this something, like, were they hitting a nerve in the actual fashion industry, or was this something that's just like, this is just weird that people think about the fashion industry? Like, what, do you, what do you mean? Like, do you, like, I'm trying to think of, like, if there's, like, a real reason that they went for someone like all. Like, that they created all. Like, is there, like, some precedent that, like, just, like, oh, yeah, fashion people are weird. Or, like, what, like, because well, that's what it kind of felt like they were going for. I mean, you try I mean, to eat I, for three weeks, yeah. right? You're going to be a little weird, too. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, think, I think that the thing is, like, mm. I always thought that fashion was pretty inherently queer because whenever mm. you see it represented on television, yeah. it's mm. always some gay designer, some flamboyant person, or mm. some, you know, stick-thin human being just kind of, like, skeletoning around. Yeah. Um... So but right. when I got into the industry, I realized it's actually very heteronormative mm. and cisnormative. And mm. even when they when they cast like what we consider to be like trans or non-binary characters, especially trans um, individuals, they mm. don't want trans people who are what we consider societally passing. Yeah. They want the they they haven't quite gotten to the societal approval. They want that shock factor. So right now, being mm. um, cast as a queer individual in the industry is considered like a shock factor. It's mm. um. I, I go to a, I go to a lot of castings. People are always like, you know, they always think I'm trans, and I'm like, well, which direction do you think I'm going in? And they're like, you know, I'm <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like we don't know, but you're not there yet, you know, whatever it is. You're, you're in that sweet spot for them, quote unquote. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but hmm. I think um, it it just comes down to whatever brands. There's plenty of brands that are very out there. Skin Graft is a great one. They're really out there. I just play mm -hmm. um, modeled with a great brand called um, Kramer and Stoat, which um, they did all androgynous. Um, female and non-binary models for their show. Mm. Um, so there, it just it depends. If you're commercial fashion, it's all gimmick and mm. heteronormative, unless uh, you have like shock factor trans individuals. Or um, if you're high fashion, truly high fashion, where you don't make any money in high fashion. But if you're truly high fashion, that's where the aliens are. The mm. people who seem like they've uh, transcended humanity, and that's why they're able to spend like a hundred thousand dollars on that necklace, or you know, three thousand dollars in that Chanel purse. Mm. Awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah, this is exactly why I wanted to bring you in for something like this, is so that we'd be like, okay, let's let's talk about like the fashion industry. Cool. Okay. So the two questions that we ask: Is it transphobic and was it enjoyable? I'm gonna hold off on is it transphobic so that we can talk about the enjoyment factor of the movie. What now? We we open it up however you want to do it. If you want to talk about it on a one to ten scale. Like, is it, like, absolutely enjoyable a 10, least enjoyable a 1? Do you want to encapsulate it in a noise? <laughs> For our Patreon subscribers, they'll be able to see the video so you can do a motion. We just ask you to describe oh. the motion. <laughs> okay. Was it enjoyable? Was it enjoyable? Yeah. Um, 
I would say <laughs> it's a it it was what it was. Mm. It was what it was. I'm glad I'm glad I showed up for it because you know mm. now I know. Mm. Um, I wouldn't. Now I know. Now I know that exists. I wouldn't watch it again. You know, and if I had to choose between that and um, you know the last few moments of my life to say goodbye to someone I love, that would definitely not be playing in my hospital bed yeah. area. <laughs> like it would, it would just wouldn't do. You know, but it was cool. It was. I was glad. You know, I'll never get that time back in my life. Whatever. <laughs> um, wasn't enjoyable. Uh, I did not. I did not enjoy it. Uh. From the first joke, which the movie opens with a big snowstorm and it's like caves and it says like New Brunswick, New Jersey or something, and I just literally nobody in the audience laughed, and you just hear me go, oh, <laughs> so uh, and I just continued to go, oh, throughout the film. So, yeah, I, I would give it a when recreational marijuana is legal in New York, we'll revisit it. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good that's a good idea. Try it. it, it now that we're high, is it still transphobic? <laughs> you know, that's it. So um for me, I feel like the first hour I just disconnected completely. I was like honestly, I literally was reading uh The Sandman, a game of you, which is the next thing that we're gonna be doing a, a live stream on, uh and a podcast episode on. But so I, I literally like it was on in the background and I'm just reading through Sandman. I like felt uh, bad for you on Facebook. You were like you were just like right you were writing oh, man, something. I just I like, couldn't like, stand it. Yeah. But I'll tell you, <laughs> once they finally brought Mugatu back Okay. I was in it again. Okay. Like, okay. I, I, Will Ferrell will save yeah. a lot of yeah. I, I've never liked Will Ferrell. Like, it took me a little while to warm up to him. And okay. I, he's grown on me. But at the same time, I was just like, wow, yeah, this is... Well, it's also a different movie. Like, they're doing... Yeah. Like, it's still an action thing, but it felt very... Like, the first hour felt very, like... DC movie like like your like Justice League or your Suicide Squad where it's like we're throwing a bunch of things at you and yeah. things are happening and it's kind of uber masculine but also not but also what is happening <laughs> and it's just like all right you're, it's just a bunch of noise and then Will Ferrell shows up and suddenly it's a different movie it's yeah. back to the original Zoolander yeah, yeah. 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 but and the, and Will Ferrell's yeah. partner in that the assistant yeah was uh, fabulous yeah. wonderful I was like thank <laughs> you for bringing that dynamic why weren't they there yeah. in the beginning why didn't he break out the beginning. I yeah. probably would have been there for it. If I that probably would have gone, yeah. If they would have like, just put a little bit yeah. in the beginning, mm -hmm. and then for 45 minutes we didn't see them again, I would have yeah. at least been encapsulated. Like, I would have yeah. been. You know, the only reason why the gasoline fight was so funny in the first Zoolander was literally because. Like, you had not seen any action like that happen. You did not expect something yeah. to explode because this movie did not lead you into believing yeah. it had any kind of action sequence at all. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly, BAM! Because you watch it, it's oh, yeah. so innocent the music's playing. Orange Book of Frappuccinos! Yeah, yeah. It was so funny. It does make me want to, now I'm going to watch Zoolander 1 again. Yeah, because so. the first well, one's great. And this is the other part of this, is that I almost feel like it ruined Oh. Zoolander for me, oh. a little bit. Like, just a little bit. Like, it's, and I rarely feel that way about movies. I rarely, it's just, oh. You would have to look at it like the last Someone season. Someone ask a qu question of some kind? I see a oh, lot. Let's see. Oh, oh, no. Oh, I feel the thing is that they, oh, hold on. I'm reading. Sorry, I don't Paola. mean to. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. I have to know. Uh, Paola. I'm curious. Our friend Paola is uh -huh. talking as a transgender woman. Uh, loves to be on stage and also do fight choreography. Yeah, nice. we're going to talk about that, Paola. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, Paola's fantastic. Uh, but again, 
depending on how comfortable. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's all about comfort. That's it. I don't think they should be limiting auditions either. I think it should be like show up and, and try out for the role and then we're going to cast. But don't like only cast so. as white straight men yeah. and then say like, well, they were the best. They were the only ones that role. showed up. They were yeah. the best. They were the best. Yeah, but yeah, go fucking hunt. Like, didn't they just hunt, do the, so. they, they did like the Wiz in Oklahoma as an all white cast or some shit mm -hmm. like recently? Well, it's, yeah. They were the best. No, I promise you, they were not the best for yeah. that show. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So, like, I feel like those are the only moments that I was really into it, and even then, like, people were like, oh, what, what about, like, in the first few moments where they killed Justin Bieber? And it's just like, I don't want people to kill Justin Bieber. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, I guess that's funny. I did enjoy the Instagram joke that he's on his dead yeah, yeah. Instagram yeah. filter. That yeah. was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like, I don't, I don't need Justin Bieber dead. I, I can't wait, but it, yeah, <laughs> like, he just needs to yeah. grow up. Yeah. Like, he doesn't need to die, he just needs to yeah. become an adult. Dude, right? dude gave a lot of lesbians great hair. Yeah, great just, hair. That's a terrible yeah. well, I mean, thing. It wasn't like they kidnapped Justin Bieber and drug them into the role. Like, yeah, you know, no, like he I was mean, into it. Justin yeah. Bieber was like, yeah. all right, I'll die on this yeah. out. I, yeah, I, yeah, I get yeah. it. I'm, I'm in on it. I mean, yeah. you know. But for like the comedy aspect of it, I was just like, ah. Yeah, it was like, too I much. Into it. Yeah, yeah, it took itself too seriously. Now you take the Republican so, Party and replace, yeah. you know, Justin Bieber with them, I'll be giggling yeah. the whole fucking time. Agent Mattioli speaks only for himself. Let's go to the uh, let's go to the, the the other question. Is it transphobic? How do we feel? You go. First. I don't. Go I, I, I felt that the dialogue around it was meant to be transphobic. Mm. So yes, because they but they were intentionally yeah. doing it. So yeah. I, I didn't mind it as much as accidental transphobia where you're just yeah. being transphobic and don't even realize you're doing it. So I would say mm. I would say it's like out of out of ten, maybe a three mm. transphobic, really not that bad for me. Okay. Just shitty mm. writing, but not mm. you know. How are you feeling? You want me to go uh, first, or you wanna? You well, I yeah. feel I feel like it was accidentally transphobic, but mm. not intentionally. I think it came mm. from a really good place. Like I had said, they gave all mm. a position of power. They were the most desired. Mm. Everyone else was on board. People were coming to all's defense. Mm. All got to whip the shit out of the people who said the things to them. I think that they intentionally wanted the main characters to be behind, and so mm. the things that they said were transphobic, but it was mm. intentional to prove a yeah. point. Yeah. yeah. You know. So. I don't think it was. I don't think it was intentionally transphobic, but I do understand how it was offensive to trans individuals, mm. and I understand how um, the casting wasn't necessarily transphobic, but it wasn't trans sensitive. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't trans sensitive. Like yeah. it wasn't like they're like, hey, like glad. Why don't you post out and tell us some of your favorite trans actors because we're casting Benedict Cumberbatch, you know, Cumberbatch yeah. to come in and play this character, <laughs> but we want to make sure we include trans people too. Send them on out, and then you yeah. know if that would be that easy, and then they would get extra yeah. visibility. Yeah. Then Glad would be on their side, and Glad mm -hmm. would be able to review the script and make sure everything was cool. Mm -hmm. Everybody would be happy. And so, like, I just think it's this is nobody. This no, is one yeah. Stiller. Yeah, they casted mm -hmm. a trans. If if mm -hmm. they casted a trans actress, mm -hmm. would it have been more transphobic? I, you know, okay. Like would it like would it be No, because she would have been she would have been in control of her yeah. lines. She yeah. would have been able to say, Okay, I get it. People say this to me all the time. In fact the script might have changed a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it, it, it may have and maybe it wouldn't have, but it may have at least opened yeah. up a dialogue but you with don't, people that are actually. I feel like it would have it would have offended me a lot yeah. more if it was yeah. like a trans person. Okay. And it was I think because yeah. you're saying it to a guy yeah. that who I know in mm. real life is cis and heterosexual, it's kinda like it's kind of like when I'm like with my guy friends and they're acting a little bit feminine. And I'm like, yeah. what do you got a vagina? <laughs> you know, like being yeah. stupid. Whereas like, 
I feel like when you say that, but like, I mean, like to a trans person, like it's instantly like, know your audience <coughs> kind of thing. Yeah. So like, I feel like if they cast a trans person, I would cringe more. I mean, than like if if, if everything yeah. stayed exactly as it was, mm-hmm. and that was a trans person, yeah, yeah, I probably still wouldn't have like I. Eh. But at and least I would have said, hey, they're at least putting this person prominently, they're acting opposite Ben Stiller, wonder, there's yeah. some BS involved, but I'm still like, okay. Do like, you think it would have killed their career? No. 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 I think I think if anything, it probably would have given them something smaller indie that they could be like, oh, hey, you worked with Ben Stiller on this, mm. can you... We, yeah. we can't we can't write off the sexiness factor of Ben uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> no. they, they have a massive following, yeah. especially of um, you know people mm-hmm. who are very heteronormative who love yeah. them, especially yeah. like um, you yeah. know cis yeah. uh, you know cis and hetero women um, who have you know they have they have their own like reach and power, mm-hmm. and um, a lot of talk shows are geared towards uh, geared towards women um, mm-hmm. and uh, especially like housewife type women, mm-hmm. but. Um, for them, I wonder if it would have been really interesting to pull even someone who was like a housewife into this and been like, you know, I mean, to see somebody that you find really sexy playing this role mm. and then have yeah. somebody insulting them. Did you feel a little bit like, don't you dare talk to my Benedict Cumberbatch that way. They are beautiful, yeah. whoever they are. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> they do have a sexiness. Mm. It wasn't like they just pulled some person off the side of the road. Yeah. They pulled a sex symbol mm. from society. I mean, he mm. he is a, no, he was yeah, like voted no. like a world's mm-hmm. sexiest man alive in GQ. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, mm. it would yeah. be like if they had pulled Brad Pitt or George Clooney, mm or any other person like I mean they're not just mm. pulling some schmo yeah mm. yeah yeah no, you know, no, not that that justifies anything I'm just yeah. saying you know it's interesting yeah, he's, he's, mm. a, he's a very pretty man too yeah. which is like the pretty factor helps yeah. okay all right on sperm donor <laughs> on my end I, I think it still moves into the transphobic area like I, I'd probably give it a six only because mm. like like a we just six yeah like a six out of ten because it's okay. like it's not right in the middle, but it's like it just moves the ticker past that midway point. Because I feel like some of the jokes, because it was written by Ben Stiller, because it was created by folks that they didn't. They Do we know what the writing result. team looked like? I mean, we, it wasn't just one person who just wrote. I mean, obviously, well, it's credited it as written and directed Ben Stiller. Yeah, and there aren't any other writers. Let me quadruple credited. check. I mean, let's, I'm sure let's take a look while I'm talking about that. I mean, but, single ladies, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, writers. I'm sure they've had a, a few. <laughs> and he probably went through other people as well, but yeah. like he was the main force behind it. For, um, for sure, but did he have anyone yeah. on the team that like, I mean, because if he had, I mean, I, I would be really curious to go behind the scenes and mm-hmm. figure out who they had, because if you watch the interviews with the people that were talking about like that uh, particular character, they were mm-hmm. just like, we didn't know this would happen. They were very confused as to why people were upset. And they're like, well, if you watch it, you'll see. Like, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I'm looking at it. There are a number of writers. It was written by Ben Stiller, Justin Thoreau, okay. uh, Nicholas Stoller, All right. John Hamburg. Wow, there were a lot. Okay. John Hamburg. Uh, yep, John Hamburg. And then there were a couple of characters. The character created uh, Drake Sather and Drake Sather, and Ben Stiller created the Zoolander character. So there were, there were actually four writers on this. All I feel like men, the show, all yeah. assumed cis. Whatever. I feel like I know all. Yeah. That's a, that's a good thing to yeah. check, though. I mean, yeah, yeah like, so you gotta take up a box. Mm-hmm. You don't. It's have... still, yeah, it's. I, I feel like the, the point I'm making still stands because they all are <laughs> assumed cis het white. Um, but, but Ben Stiller is Jewish. Ben Stiller is Jewish. So, I mean, that is something that, yeah. Like, but, you know, that, 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 that doesn't yeah. mean that they understand the trans. It's true. You know, <laughs> but, yeah, but, but I think that. Anytime, like, for me, if a person of color were to write a trans movie, I would, that would, mm-hmm. and they were cis, 
I would be more receptive to that than a, a white because they understand yeah. a struggle. It might not be the same struggle, but they understand oppression. They understand. Well, you can't say yeah. that like a cis white no. hetero person doesn't understand struggle. They just yeah. understand different kinds of struggles. So like somebody could grow up and be super poor, super oh, yeah, of course, super abused, but they're not running super Hollywood forgotten. movies. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, look at um, Rocky is a great example. So that's just oh, yeah. homeless, mm. um, really comes from a poor background, Italian, mm. Stalin, a uh, speech impediment. Mm -hmm. So they do fall into the ableism category. So they're yeah. marginalized in a certain way, but at the same time, that, that person went on to write tons of content of that yeah. American classics. Also, Justin Wynn says hi. Oh. Hi. hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt, but yeah, I think... Ultimately, like the reason that I give it a six, though, is because it, the way that it's written, the way that it's constructed, yes, she or all does have a certain amount of power, and it's never really taken away. Mm. It's still portrayed by Benedict Cumberbatch, and he does a pretty admirable job. But at the same time, there are still some little movements and ticks that are very like binary in his thinking, which is possibly up to directing. But it was still, it felt very like even the the part that you were describing where like. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch kind of shifted between these like very stereotypical like masculine and feminine facial mm -hmm. things. It's funny, but at the same time, it's still very like okay, these are still very binary yeah, yeah. At things. Yeah, yeah. And so because of all of that, it feels very similar to the "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia" trans character in that you're supposed yeah. to realize that these are the assholes, but in reality, you're also pushing for these assholes, and yeah. they never really learn in that. Yeah, in fact, they become like, successful in yeah, the end. Like, they're that, still they successful and they never really deal with the fact that they're like, oh, yeah, okay, gender. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I gotta give it a six. Alright. Mm -hmm. Cool. Awesome. So, anything we want to say before we close out? Also, we are being told by Kelsey, who is going to be here soon to talk about the Sandman, that y'all are so smart and also fashionable. <laughs> oh, wow. Thank you. We do try. So, you know, Power awesome. Rangers, gotta give a shout out to Tarjay. You know. Mm -hmm. So, uh, let's, let's do it like this. Is there anything that you're pushing, anything that you're promoting? Uh, Always. Yeah, yeah. I, got, I mean, I know what you're promoting, AJ, but I'm giving you the, I'm giving you yeah, the bowl yeah. of carrots. No, <laughs> thank you. Um, you know, uh, my my last movie that Rain was in, documentary mm -hmm. called Words, uh, is now available on Amazon. Uh, it's doing pretty well right now, which is great. I've gotten, uh, you know, a handful of reviews. Everyone seems to like it. Uh, people are watching it, so all on that. And, and if, by watching Words, there's three ways to help out LGBTQ people. One, you're helping out me, <laughs> because you're watching my movie. Um, two, you're... Uh, any anytime that it's watched, um, a percentage uh, of that funding uh, goes to the Ali Fournay uh, Center. Uh, and the third way is by um, by pushing an LGBTQ movie on Amazon. It moves their algorithms to help other LGBT films get seen and move them up uh, in the rotation. So go check out Words. Help out the gays. Help me out, and so we can make another documentary. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Now, if you have Prime, is it like it's, what is it? Yeah, it's yeah. free. With, it's free with Prime. Uh, mm -hmm. So definitely watch it. Um, and then leave a review when you're done. Yeah, leave yeah. a review because that yeah. helps get other people to come on. Yeah, definitely review. It, it discusses identity and it's exploring identity within New York City. So 
you'll see a lot of your favorite New York City talent. Which is I actually just upgraded to Prime just so I could watch it. Nice! Because I hadn't watched it yet. I was in it and I hadn't watched it yet. I, was, I wasn't able mm. to make it to the things, but I did upgrade just so I could, just so I could watch They're it. They're getting yelled at after, yeah, it's after true, the podcast. Yeah, They're getting yelled at. Good talking to you. So, and Rain, who, like, who are you modeling for in Fashion Week? Um, you, well, I just, uh, I, I, well, I just really did um, a show for Kramer and Stout, I think is the pronunciation, because it's like a foreign, uh, foreign name that I, I wish I knew how to... From a language that you don't yeah, speak. Yeah, a language that I don't, I don't speak, thank mm -hmm. you. Um, but uh, that, that was a really wonderful show. Uh, Fashion Week for me is uh, more about... Um, you know, going to shows and like mm -hmm. um, seeing what other people are doing. As a model, you don't make a lot of money and you don't really get a ton of exposure doing runway shows. You do it just because it's a part of your career. Yeah. But the money comes in campaigns and since I'm now a social media influencer, um, a lot of the things that I do um, tend to be direct book and straight off from Instagram. So mm -hmm. you'll see me in a campaign though coming up and we'll be in the Body Shop campaign, which is oh, exciting. Nice. Um, and awesome. it's that's a really special campaign because they're, they're targeting specifically um, what we consider be like uh, girly girls, societally, like, you know, mm -hmm. femme femmes, mm -hmm. and they just threw me in there. It's not, it's a, it's a, it's a photo series, so there's mm -hmm. no, um, there's no explanation, there's mm -hmm. no, like, disclaimer, mm -hmm. um, I don't model anything that's like, our alien bronzer, you know, nothing <laughs> like that, it's just like, it's like, it's like, mm -hmm. lip shimmer, fluff, you know, or whatever mm -hmm. on the, you know, and that, yeah. that was, that's going to be really powerful and really that's cool. That's great, yeah. Um, I, I thought it was great, and, um, last but not least, um, I would like to, if I can send out a little promoter, um, yeah, please. Uh, if you're on Patreon, uh, or you're going to go to Patreon, um, I'm also on Patreon, um, and at the end of March, I'm going to be working with this human being over here. I can't say what it is, but I can say that we are working on a project in which I'm going to be doing probably one of the most dangerous things I've ever done in my life, one of the riskiest things I've done in my life. Um, I do a lot of social experiments, um, and this social experiment is going to put um, a lot of the things I have going on in my life at risk of to the test and hopefully it'll all be okay but if you want to check it out go to um, either my patreon rain dove model or you go to my instagram um, rain dove model awesome. yeah i'm assuming it's the age-old question will piranhas attack a trans non-binary <laughs> or someone just off the binary spectrum person <laughs> that's what i'm assuming you don't have to tell that's me close. but it's i'm looking forward to it it's a little bit more you won't see danger and excitement. <laughs> Rain Dove does it. Hashtag. Uh, and, 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 like trans people mm -hmm. taste like chicken. <laughs> so that is not just transphobic. That is speciesist. Okay. Wow. Well, who's wow, to say AJ. that chicken is better than any wow. other? Why can't the piranha be like, hey, this trans person tastes like other fish I've had in this fucking river before. This trans person tastes like trout. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. trout. I love trout. So, uh, for me, you can find the Is It Transphobic podcast on Twitter at Is It Transphobic, very easily. Uh, on Patreon at patreon.com slash is it transphobic. Uh, and like I say, we're hoping to save up for a new camera so that it doesn't just keep zooming in on uh, our friend Rain's chestal area. <laughs> just, <laughs> just like just this one. I feel like I feel like it's. Yeah. I feel like I'm gonna get radiation or something. <laughs> Probably. Like, yeah. like I'm on like a like. Is there something going on? I don't know. Is it being punctured? It's that's, just it, the camera is very excited to have you. Yes, that's what. It when is. I leave, are you gonna turn that into like a 3D like graph of my? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I mean, I was just gonna go to Pornhub. But, uh, that's fair. That's fair. Well, you can watch the video. You can find me there at no, I'm not. Nice. Uh, <laughs> you they, shouldn't. You should not. They put Hamilton on Pornhub, <laughs> and they put okay. as like historical twinks have fun on stage. That is great. 
Okay. I've watched that all day, especially the so, sounds. I'm into the sounds of that. So, uh, that said, you can also find me on Twitter at Lucretia Deerford, L-U-C-R-E-T-I-A-D-E-A-R, the number four. Uh, and yeah, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah. Yay! Thank you. <laughs> Is It Transphobic was produced, edited, and coordinated by Ashley Lauren Rogers. The Is It Transphobic logo was created by Phoenix Sweeney, and you can see more of their work at tinylionroars.github.io. The original music you heard was all created by Vivian Aladrin, who you can find on Bandcamp at vivianaladrin.bandcamp.com.